Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. You should celebrate yourself every day, but some days you should celebrate with jewelry. Whether you want to commemorate an unforgettable moment or just bring some added sparkle to your collection, Blue Nile can offer you expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com today and experience the ease and convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com. BlueNile.com. Yeah, that song this, and the song with the dashboard confessional from the last album was. was Hope's a, up, yeah, man! And we talk about how that all came together in this podcast. That's, that's also a dope chorus right there. Yo, you know who else jumped into his DMs and said he was a fan? I, I couldn't possibly guess. Not on the album, but I think this artist has made your favorite album of the year so far. Charlie Puth. Charlie Puth. Damn, son. Well done. Nothing nowhere. This, get, this, get, get in the proof side of approval, <laughs> man. That, that, that's that's like gold. In this People day, are coming right? on to nothing nowhere right now. Yeah, as a second podcast, second Billboard podcast this week, I've talked about Charlie Puth having my favorite album of the year so far. <laughs> I did it on uh, on Trevor and Gary's Trophy podcast just a couple days ago. Shout out to Charlie Puth. Uh, yeah, uh, nothing nothing nowhere. Did you guys? You guys, I don't care. Like, do you guys talk at all about like like the other side of emo rap? It like like is he, is he a Juice World fan? That is the other thing I was going to mention. All we right. did this podcast a few weeks ago, and to just get a sense for the time frame of this, I asked him for some other rappers that he was inspired by, kind of with that SoundCloud world, and he mentioned Juice World. I was like, oh shit, he just got into the Hot 100, and we were like, whoa, that's crazy. Yeah. That was when the song was like 91, Lucid Dreams. Oh, wow. And now it's number All four. Those many weeks ago, yeah. So this ago. sounds like, like this ages point. ago, but... Yeah. Yeah, we, we thought he was going to be in contention for number one at one point, but uh, that ended up not coming to pass. But yeah, like it, it, it makes sense that like it seems like he comes at it from a little bit more of like the emo background. And obviously, Juice World and his his compatriots come out a little bit more from hip hop. But there's a there's a definite middle ground there. It's it's interesting to see so many different artists kind of meeting there these days. Yeah, if you read recent interviews with Juice World and ask about what his inspirations are, he'll mention a bunch of emo artists and Billy Idol. Did you ever watch that Nardwar interview he did with uh, with the, the Juice World one? No, but I, if you want to hear about Billy Idol on the 2005 Warped Tour, <laughs> my, right. my, my 2005 Warped Tour oral history on billboard.com. Check it out. It's there. N- Nardwar gave Juice World a Billy Idol LP, and he, he was he was very, very excited about that. So maybe he would be excited to, to be reading your, your 2005 Warped Tour as well. Nardwar, if you're listening, come on the show. Yeah. Get in here. <laughs> he's, he's, uh, he's one of a kind, certainly. So this interview you're about to hear is me chatting with not just Nothing Nowhere, but also his producer, uh, Joey, a.k.a. JV. Both of these guys are Joes, Joe and Joey. Uh, Nothing Nowhere, Joe, Joe um, I, might, I might butcher his last name, Mulherin, Mulherin, Joe Mulherin. That's Nothing Nowhere, him and his producer, JV, here in the Billboard studio. We had this chat a few weeks back, all about his recent works, like we were saying, his inspirations, 
Uh, he even talked about some new music he's got coming out. He said he's got some more new music. Secret mad scientist stuff is what he called it, and it's coming up in the coming months. And uh, playing us into this interview, this is nothing nowhere's clarity and kerosene. Here it is. Do you think you mentioned the Boston show, like that being a little bit more close to the home base? Does that tend to be where you get the best shows? That was our so the Boston show was my first like headlining show, um, home like hometown headlining show because I grew up in Foxborough. Mm-hmm. So it was kind of funny. I wasn't didn't really know what to expect, but so far it was the craziest crowd because like I started nothing nowhere. It wasn't like uh, playing local shows or anything. It was very much a product of like uh, the internet. So, I wasn't sure, but uh, it was insane. Yeah, it was crazy. Like uh, every single time I'd see someone like crowd surf towards me, I'd realize that they were like one of my friends oh. or someone that I knew, <laughs> and they just like one by one, like a friend or family member would just like crowd surf towards me. I'd be like, uh, <laughs> it was just it got so funny. Yeah, and at the Brooklyn show that we were just talking about, you had like people who played previously on the bill were all like in the crowd jumping around. Yeah, yeah. Well, every anytime like anyone on the bill like plays, like everyone's always in the crowd. Like the, the artists too, like to support them. It's like really cool. Yeah, yeah. I saw JV like in Brooklyn. <laughs> I looked out like like two songs in, and I just see like his big head just like in the in the crowd above everyone else. I was like. Just like I yeah. thought you were like a kid, and then I was like, "No, that's JB." Yeah, because on tour, I'm just always on stage, and I'm just watching the show, and I just see how crazy it is. And then there's always the front row, just people crying, and then I just like start crying <laughs> on stage. But then, like, it was the last show, so like I was like, "Fuck it!" Like I'm going in the middle yeah, of the crowd. Yeah, I'm going where there's the pit. Like I'm not gonna just sit here and cry this time. <laughs> <laughs> Can you do both at the same time? Yeah, I think I was doing both at one point. <laughs> Yeah, so before we go too far into this, why don't you guys introduce yourselves for the listeners? Yeah, so I'm Nothing Nowhere, also known as Joe. <laughs> I'm JV, also known as Joey. Yeah, and explain, take us back, explain as succinctly as you can how you two came to work t- together and what it is that you're working on currently. Right, so I started really like actually posting music under the name nothing nowhere in 2015 um you know i just like produced everything myself did all the instruments myself blah 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 did it for a while um i think i met joey 2016 in uh just like in soundcloud dms i think we were like in like a skype chat together and uh we both just like like the same stuff like skateboarding and stuff and uh we just like we started working on a song together. We made one song. We were listening to Title Fight. And like okay. the first song we ever made was like a Title Fight type, like inspired song. Um, yeah, I was just like going through my notifications when I was like not taking it that seriously and just saw that someone with more followers liked my track. So I just like hit him in DMs and we started working on stuff. And it was just like was way more organic than expected. 
and like they were all coming out like way better than we thought it was going to come out yeah because yeah. i mean like i had never like collaborated with anyone really like before that so it was like a pleasant surprise and clearly like it's cool chemistry and stuff because we're still doing it now like now we just we worked on um reaper which was the album that came out uh october this mm -hmm. past october and then we just more at least recently worked on ruiner which came out uh like a month or two ago and uh yeah it's just fun to like work with your friends because why not yeah it always just ended up being super organic with every track and ruiner just ended up being like every song idea just was like what we were talking about the night before like in our conversation it just would carry over and stuff so sure just dudes being pals making tunes <laughs> mm -hmm. not really thinking about it too hard but having good outcome yeah so there's hip-hop and punk and emo and hardcore side by side in the music you make now so i'm wondering for each of you where did your interest in those genres come along in your lifespans like what came first um so i mean like for me i grew up i think like the first maybe the first album i ever got was like lincoln park or something and uh and then like as i grew up like there was a pretty good like post-hardcore like kind of emo scene even hardcore scene in the suburbs of massachusetts like just vfw shows and stuff mm -hmm. so i got interested in like local bands like uh like have heart and like energy there's like just like a bunch of massachusetts bands and uh oh therefore i am in vanna mm -hmm. um just was all around kind of like in skate parks and stuff and i had some older cousins that were really like influencing me and like the emo stuff at least like second wave emo remember my older cousin dan used to pick me up in his volvo and play dashboard confessional or like american football and it was just like the coolest thing i've ever heard so i got into like sort of like alternative music just through my surroundings like the people i hung out with yeah, I think uh, I got into alternative music just because my dad was showing me like old like dad bands like 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 uh, Black Sabbath and stuff like that, and that was like the first music I heard that I was like, oh, like I want to you know listen to the whole album and like hear the whole sound. And then just through the radio, I started getting like really infatuated with like sounds like Linkin Park and uh, like Red Hot Chili Peppers. And then just when I was getting older. Cause that was when I was super young, but when I started getting older, there wasn't really a scene like that around me with like hardcore bands and stuff like that. So I think everyone around was just listening to like Chief Keef and, and like Clothes Gang stuff. So, <laughs> so I was listening Joey's to twelve that. years old for those who don't know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no. When I was in high school, people were listening to rap music. So I had like the alternative when I was younger, and now then I started getting more into rap stuff, and then it kind of just made its way together when did making beats come along in high school when i had friends that were rapping and okay. i just i just wanted to fit in and like make their tracks for them because I, I knew i could rap so okay <laughs> so it was sort of a way of like finding your niche and like huh what am i good at yeah for sure because I, I definitely didn't want to like play sports and shit and like hang out with those kids so i just wanted to hang around my friends who were rapping and just make beats for them yeah yeah, looking back on like the rap rock stuff that you're you're talking about here, it's 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 funny how it's like in a general sense, like both of you as artists, like the Lincoln Park guys and you guys fuse things like you could say like sure. But the way that they did it was just very, you know, direct. It would be like 
a singing verse and a hip hop verse. I mean, not every like Linkin Park or P.O.D. song was like that, but it was a lot more just like, what's the word I'm looking here? Like sort of uh, direct and in in your face. Yeah, I guess you could say that. Yeah. For you guys, it's, it's a lot more intertwined. It seems a little, it seems a good deal deeper. Yeah. Well, I mean, like it's flattering to even be like, spoken to in the same breath as like Linkin Park obviously like um, but I think I don't know I just think I like to consider what I do kind of experimental like experimental and like I don't necessarily want to just take from two genres like I listen to everything I try to listen to everything even things that I wasn't sure about like I try to dive into it and see what I can pull from it Um, I don't know like I just feel like it's even in the process of like being experimental, like working on an album, like, Oh, how can I write a song or like, how can I make the weirdest thing possible? Sometimes this, most of the stuff I make is just too weird. It's just noise, like noise music. You know what I mean? I think we've run into that a lot where like, it's hard. I mean, it's hard to like try and seek out a new sound. Cause like there, who does that? You know what I mean? Like, so I feel like the the journey from trying to create a new sound, you get a lot of like interesting sounds. And sometimes it works and most of the time it doesn't. Yeah, that that's when it starts to sound a little formulaic, like you said before. But uh, I think I approach production in like the same way you're just saying, how I just dive into everything I like and try to pick out like my favorite shit from each kind of genre. And then it just kind of naturally comes out in production, which is kind of how it works with you too, like we're not really thinking about it to that extent. It's just kind of like what we're listening to will naturally come out when we're trying to write a song. Mm-hmm. And usually it's, I mean, like there's hundreds of songs that will never see the light of day. Yeah, which like... is exactly why. Because <laughs> we'll just be writing stuff and listening to absurd stuff. And it'll just not be cohesive. <laughs> <laughs> it sounds like, there's, sounds like there's a lot of stuff locked away for now, but really you've really released a lot of stuff in the past 12 months alone two albums and more yeah and that's like nothing compared to like what i was doing when i was you know before i was on like a label or anything like that i mean like uh, and even in like soundcloud terms that's nothing people release an album a month Mm -hmm. and whether that's good or bad whether being that prolific is good or bad i mean it's definitely um a philosophy that some musicians have where it's just kind of like i'm creating things and here's just my endless stream of content maybe that works for some people maybe it doesn't but um i don't know i just for the reason why i've been releasing a lot of stuff is just because i've had it's kind of been like a why not mentality Mm -hmm. (laughs) um, i just like like making music and like i have to make music and when the when it was brought up in conversation like after reaper like hey do you want to put out some more music i was like i have some more music so why not you know, yeah, I've got plenty. And now, you know, you know, like looking back, it's like, okay, well now I can pump the brakes and going back to being like when I was talking about being experimental in the process, if like, you know, Ruiner was based on minimalism, um, the next album can be something a little bit different, a little more thought out, a little more methodical. I don't want to say methodical, but you know, I'm looking forward to, tr- I've never taken my time with an album like that. So we'll see what happens. Sure. Yeah. And you got some great attention already behind Reaper. I mean, you got a great profile from John Caramonica in the Times, and he named it in the New York Times his number one album of the year. Like, what was that like? Just mind-blowing. I Because, like, 
I mean, I've said this in previous interviews. I feel like it's kind of like I don't have that much self-confidence. I never have. And that's just something that I work on every single day. And I'm my own, my biggest critic. You know what I mean? So for someone like John Caramonica from the New York Times, who I already admired, like I love his podcast. Like I just think he's an awesome dude. To say something like that, it's just kind of like took a while for me to accept that um, and for it to register like in my brain. Um, I don't know. I don't, I also don't want to let it like, let it go to my head or anything like that. It's just kind of like, okay, this was something pretty monumental that's happened to me and I just got to keep moving forward and like making the best stuff that I can. You know, it was just insane. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. It was just insane. It's like, shit, I'm dealing with this imposter syndrome bullshit. I'm trying to drown out. And it's like, oh, all right, New York Times profile. That'll like put it aside for at least a little bit of time. <laughs> yeah, but it really didn't. Like, I'm, I mean, like, yeah, like, I don't know. I just would like, I feel like I was being punked. Like, I feel like Ashton Kutcher was going to like uh-huh. smash through my ceiling. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, dude, it, I was like bugging when I saw that. It was definitely surreal to me. Mm-hmm. Because it kind of happened ridiculously fast to me because it was just one day we're making tracks. I'm in like my college dorm room sending him emails. And then the next day we're flying out in L.A. and we're doing it in the studio. So it doesn't make any sense to mm -hmm. me. Yeah, I don't know. Because like the number, like from my perspective, like if I was like looking at like number one records or something, like mine would be like (laughs) not even make the top 100. (laughs) So, I mean, it's my favorite music, so <laughs> it makes one of us. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, coming up, what what is? Uh, do you have a, a good amount more touring coming up? I know you're doing Billboard Hot 100 Festival. Shout out to that. Hey. So, w- next few months, whether it be recorded stuff or live, anything else, what's coming up for you guys? Yeah. So, um, there's a tour coming up. JV's on the tour too. It's uh, me. Uh, Wick of Phase, Springs Eternal, um, uh, Bogues, who's an amazing artist that I that I'm friends with, um, Lil West, and then JV. Yeah, so we're doing that um, in August. I mean, like you could check out the dates or like nothingnor.net or just like my socials or whatever. That's gonna be fun. But I mean, up until then, I'm working on some uh, some secret mad scientist stuff that's gonna come out. Um, the new maximalist stuff you mentioned. <laughs> <laughs> that is not that. No. No, it's not that. Yeah, I gotta sneak in a little little something more before before that project. Yeah, yeah. So busy stuff coming up. I wanna talk more about the live show. Sure. You know, I had a great time at the show at Babies over the weekend. I thought it was really inspiring the the part where you shouted out like, I want this to be a good place for people with depression or social anxiety to come together and it's you know, it's just after a, a dropped a song where everyone was moshing and having a great time it's like why is it important to you to have a good place for accepting of things like that yeah i mean because i've been there um like like i said growing up in this like the suburbs of massachusetts there was a really like fertile like growing scene and i missed out on a lot of that i missed out on most of that because i let my social anxiety and like my anxiety keep me inside mm-hmm. and looking back in retrospect like it's I, I regret that and and um I've talked to a lot of kids on tour and I've got to know like my supporters to a sense that like I know that it's hard for them as well because it's um 
you know, it's a certain type of music. It's like uh, uh, sort of therapeutic to some of these kids. And I know that they, they're like me. Like I enjoy listening to music in my room with my door locked with my headphones. But I also love going and seeing live music, but there's that barrier there. So I just want to like set an example and like inspire kids to like just try and come out or like make that first step. Um, you know, like getting in the venue is going to be weird. There's a lot of people you don't know. There's like not a lot of space, but I feel like once you let go and once you just like jump into the fire in a sense, like it's so worth it. And then hopefully once you do that, you can apply that to other aspects of your life that your anxiety might be like holding you back from. Yeah, I really think music scenes, all sorts of music scenes, have been that sort of a resource, that welcoming place for a long time. But it's somewhat rare when you, the artist on the stage puts it out there that succinctly. Yeah, yeah, because, like, you know, like, I'm a human being, and even, like, you know, like, massive artists are human beings, and I think it's cool to, like, remind people of that. And, mm -hmm. like, yeah, because I don't, I don't think a lot of people know too much about me but i think it's cool to be like hey i've suffered with with some stuff and if you're going through some stuff too it's like you know it gets better sure and it can so it's pretty cool i mean did, did you go to shows growing up yeah i went to a couple shows but um there was that barrier for me too because obviously i just would you know the best time for me to listen to music was in my room lights off door locked and headphones and I remember that feeling where I would be so excited. I would be thinking all week about going to a show and then I get there and I'm in the crowd and like my hands are shaking just cause there's so many people in the room and it, it, it would weird me out and it was like something new to me. So like being the DJ and being the first person on the stage, that's like definitely what I want to get people like out of their shell and like just ready for, for like a great experience. You know what I mean? Like especially seeing their favorite artists and stuff. I know a lot of, uh, a lot of shows, they'll just have the headliner come right out. And uh, I definitely want people to just be ready for it. Yeah, set the tone. Yeah, for sure. And I feel like you can make like a ton of like make friends at shows. You know what I mean? Like a lot of kids go to, mm -hmm. they're, they're like scared to go into shows like alone. But at the end of it, like if I go say what's up at, at the merch table or whatever, like they're like best pals. Like they just like make friends. You know what I mean? So if anyone's listening and you're like, you're not sure about going to shows or whatever, just give it a shot. And like, you know, I guarantee you'll make it out the other side and like, you won't regret going. I feel like. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it sounds like with these, you don't tour with small bills. It's not like you and one opener with the show we were just talking about and the one you shouted out coming up, there's three, four five artists on these bills. And it seems like they all kind of, generally come from this world this you know the soundcloud world that you were talking about earlier that kind of brought all these people from different areas different walks of life together with this music yeah i feel like it's like and even more than that i feel like it's just friends <laughs> like i've been fortunate to like just bring friends on tour which is like you know that's like an amazing thing to be able to do because it's like you know you're traveling the country and world you know playing some songs and you're with your best friends it's like you know, I I bet when I I hope when I'm older and I, I could look back and it's like I feel like there'll be some pretty fond memories of this moment in my life, um, but it is you know like it is cool like I want nothing nowhere shows to be like all inclusive and like you know there's no judgment there and like just every and that's like for every act on the bill you know what I mean like I want to have people who will also 
harbor the same message that I'm trying to put forth. So, you know, just keep the positive vibes going. Yeah, like in Lil West, he's someone you both have collaborated with. Yeah, he's a character, dude. He's like, you know, like really artistic guy. Um, I think a lot of his stuff might even go over some people's heads because he's just so, you know, he's also really into experimental stuff and just like doing weird stuff. He'll do a whole song where his voice is like pitched up or something. And like, (laughs) it's just cool to like work with people like that. People who just, you know, want to like break the mold a little bit. And I feel like West is like a perfect example of that. And he's just like... Just chill dude. Just mm-hmm. a chill dude, yeah. yeah. Shout out West. Yeah, and remind me the name of the artist who came out right before you at the show. Shinigami. Yeah, he, yeah. Was, he was fun. His his beats were like even more towards like the hardcore stuff. Yeah, he had some like breakdowns in yeah. his set and Yeah, stuff. also experimental. <laughs> yeah. And then he was out in the pit. He was out crowd surfing. Yeah, yeah. and like here's the thing. Like... I, like this type of music and this type of scene like totally isn't for everyone and like i don't think any of us expect it to be for everyone like i think us as people like we're our influences and like our tastes are so all over the place that like it's not a one-stop shop you don't really know what you're gonna get and uh but i think personally like the shows are like that's a fun aspect of it i don't think that a lot of people really know what to expect yeah but i think that also makes it super accessible for people because even if you don't come for one act or you come just looking for one type of sound you're gonna you're gonna be introduced to new stuff and even if you don't come knowing anyone you know there's gonna be something for everybody there so yeah i think that's fun and i never thought that i'd play live shows and i didn't think that would be a thing with this project but i'm really glad that like it is so yeah, let's drop in some music. Let's do it. Let's drop in Hammer. <laughs> let's do it. It's a long one. They can never be me because I'm the reaper in your dreams because they can spot sound and try to cloud for sobriety. I can feel the hate building up inside of me. I'm all one. It's a long one. They can never be me because I'm the reaper in your dreams because Lady Guitar, like a young Santana. Rapping VT, like my name, Bernie Sanders. Living two guys, like my name, Danny Phantom. All my shit. Yeah, so why don't chat a little bit about Vermont? Because I know it's an important thing for you, and I think Hammer is a good connection to that. So, tell me, just why do you? Why does Vermont resonate so much with you? Yeah, I think Vermont is like drenched in nostalgia, and it's my, you know, it's my happy place. Um, my family's had a had a cabin up there my whole life. Um, you know, I have like aunts and uncles who live up there went to college up there but i feel like you know my some of my earliest memories are like you know could be like camping or hiking with my dad um up there and um just really therapeutic you know what i mean like i have so many crazy memories of like running up to a bear on a trail or like you know wow. s- seeing a moose yeah i have three separate bear stories where i've where i've run into what's, bears what's the scariest one so the scare <laughs> The first one, may, or that was the second one. So second time I ever had a bear encounter, I was camping in the White Mountains. And um, I was with my friend Derek Vital, and we were asleep. Through, I don't know what time it was. It must have been like 4 a.m. or something. And uh, he woke me up in the middle of the night like, hey, like, I hear something sniffing around. 
you know, like you should probably like check this out. And I was, I kind of brushed it off. I was like, it's whatever. It's, it's a raccoon. I fell back asleep. He woke me up again, hyperventilating and was like, no, you really need to check this out. So I looked out on the outside of the tent and there was a black bear there. Um, turns out we had forgot to put away our food. Um, we just fell asleep. Um, so we, it was there and it was sniffing around really interested in our, in our tent and, you know, like long story short, we ended up staying up like until the sun came up until we heard nothing and we got out of the tent. Everything was just torn up. Like our food was everywhere. The cooler was like in the woods and it was just terrifying. But yeah, I mean, like other than that, you know, being, <laughs> yeah, I, I was hyperventilating just sitting here listening to you tell that story. <laughs> yeah, no, you know, I've, I've been jogging in Vermont and run up on black bears and like, but that's like the beauty of it though, is cause like where else you know, it's like so amazing to have those experiences with, you know, you don't know what's going to happen. And I think that's so cool to like appreciate like raw, just like nature like that. And for me in those non, those like more chill aspects of nature, you know, kayaking or whatever, it's been like an anti-anxiety for me and it works for me. So, you know, I know I'm looking forward, like even right now, like we just finished these shows. I'm looking forward to going up there and just hanging out. I love it up there. And Joey came up to visit. First time he came up to visit, he flipped his kayak. (laughs) (laughs) We had like a one of one Frank Ocean shirt on like that. He like went right in the reservoir with. Yeah. I did not come from like a nature. He had his chains on. (laughs) But like, I love that shit, man. Like I remember the first summer that I went up there for two weeks, like totally just revamped my whole life. It was just like a whole new experience for me. And I fell in love with it. So I love going up there and hanging out. Yeah, and that's kind of what, what we do. Like, it's like I record all my music up there now and stuff because it's like just no stress. It's pretty cool. Yeah, it's also where we recorded like all the tracks we did on Reaper. Yeah. Besides Hope's Up. Yeah. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com achieve today. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Yeah, and you shout out Bernie Sanders on the track, Hammer. You know, <laughs> I was wondering, being from Vermont, going back kind of far in Vermont, were you like familiar with Bernie into what he was about, like before he kind of became a big thing on the national stage? Yeah, so his wife, um, Jane, was actually like the dean of my school at one point. Um, and, you know, everyone, I think like, I wasn't like fully like, I didn't fully delve into politics, you know what I mean? But I feel like, Everyone kind of knew who he was. Yeah. It was like, you know, Ben and Jerry, you know, Bernie Sanders. <laughs> um, 
you know, there's like there's like a few like characters in Vermont that you just like know because like it's no one lives in Vermont and nothing happens like mm-hmm. not a lot happens in Vermont. Um, but yeah, like <laughs> I just that line is so funny. That song is so ridiculous. It is just an absurd. Like I we were I was in such a weird headspace yeah. and I think we were in such a, a weird headspace when we wrote that song cuz you know a lot of my songs really my, a lot of my songs are like interpersonal um you know kind of like a, a diary-esque um and I feel like going back to being experimental in the process it was kind of like what will happen if I try to make a song that isn't um so heavy and downtrodden and um hammer was kind of the result of that yeah and uh it was just really fun and i didn't know how people would take it and uh you know like i feel like my supporters are just kind of like lax and they're kind of cool with me doing whatever i found out so it was it was fun yeah that course goes (laughs) (laughs) thanks man yeah actually after we made it i stayed up and you'll remember this i stayed up till 6 30 or 7 a.m in the hotel bed looping the song over and over and over again i I just didn't stop listening to it (laughs) yeah i fell asleep and i just woke up in the middle of the night because of his laptop light and i'm like what are you doing (laughs) but Yeah. yeah that whole like weekend that we wrote that track we just played it on repeat over and over and over because like you said, trying new stuff just just will put you in a different headspace. And and once we crafted that beat real quick, it was just like, whoa, like this is gonna take us somewhere new. Yeah. And we were just super hyped on it the whole time. As soon as we finished it, just blasted it <laughs> for the whole weekend. Yeah. yeah, it was fun. Yeah, and I got to ask about Hopes Up and Chris Caraba too. Yeah. I got I was lucky enough to chat with Chris not that long ago for this same oh, podcast. Nice. And He's asked, a great guy. Yeah. yeah. And I asked him about you, so now I'm going to flip it around. Yeah. Tell me what draws you to Chris Caraba and and how that how that song came together. Yeah. Well, I mean like he was like he, you know, growing up he was like a god to me. <laughs> you know what I mean? Going back to my older cousin Dan and his Volvo and and um playing the swiss army romance and um just first like you know my introduction into like hearing those types of emotions and music was dashboard confessional and uh i feel like you know listening to him for so long and eventually like when we were working on hopes up for reaper um it was just kind of a joke at first not like a joke but just like oh man this we had an open verse and i was like i don't really know what to put for the second verse it's kind of you know second verse and i was like man it'd be so crazy if we had someone like chris carab on that we're just like laughing about it (laughs) and then like after we got done laughing we were just kind of like no but seriously like and i was like we can't get chris carab or whatever and uh i think eric you know like our producer kind of like reached out um, and 
I got a voicemail from Chris saying, I, I don't know why I missed the call because how could I ever miss a call from Chris <laughs> Caraba? <laughs> but it's some, I think, I don't know. I think we were playing a show. We were on tour and um, I got a voicemail from him and it was like, hey, this is, this is Chris from Dashboard. Like I listened to this song. I really like it. And I still have that voicemail, voicemail saved. And I was in the van and I just like, I feel like everyone, when I was listening to the voicemail, everyone thought that something was wrong because I just was like speechless. <laughs> um, and I was like, no, like Chris Caraba just like left a voicemail. and like, this is like really going to happen. So, you know, after like that, we, we actually talked on the phone and like, you know, just like the nicest guy ever. And he kept saying, like, you know, like, I'm honored that someone who makes music like you likes my music. And I'm like, what are you talking about? <laughs> He's like, what are you talking about? Like, I'm like, I'm like, I wouldn't even be making music if it wasn't for him. So, and just that people always say, like, you know, like, don't meet your heroes or whatever. But like, no, because he is like the greatest guy ever. And that's just something that I'll always like remember and like cherish. So, Chris good guy yeah the quote he gave about you in that time story was fantastic he he the way he speaks is so spot on and so so well put it was something like uh like talking about emo he was saying like he retains all like the savory elements of the genre while casting off the uh the cliches of it something like that yeah yeah and yeah <laughs> like, even, sure yeah like yeah he's so well spoken and so eloquent and like you know, even hearing that now, it's like, how did I, how did I get here that someone like that would say that? So really just, I don't even know if I could like quit music. Like, I don't know. My arms could be cut off tomorrow. I couldn't play guitar or whatever. I'd be like, you know what? I still did that. Like I got a shout out from, from Chris. So <laughs> yeah. Are there some other rappers that right now who really inspire you? Maybe about like, bearing like emotional stuff putting stuff out there mm. i've been listening to a lot of uh juice world lately um i just like i like his melodies a lot um in terms of being like vulnerable like within rap music i don't know i feel like again like it always just comes back to like more diy artists like within the soundcloud space um like i've been listening to a lot of wicked phase lately mm -hmm. um who I mean, he was in a in like an alternative band. He was in uh, Tiger's Jaw, and you know, listening to uh, Bones and Team Sesh, he has a he has a project called Surrender Dorothy that I really like. Um, yeah, I don't know. I feel like maybe not so much anymore, but it's really cool that now, sort of the that like old thing where like you have to put on a front or you're you're not allowed to be you know emotionally honest with within the rap music space it's just kind of cool how that's kind of dissipating and people are even in like the you know the top of the billboard charts um it's like there are songs like that are just people are they're saying some real stuff and that's cool i think that's important that uh people talk about that stuff especially within rap like i said like there's always been like this this thing this unspoken thing where you can't really be vulnerable so i think it's a moving in a progressive direction with that 
Juice World just broke into the Billboard Hot 100 last week. Shout <laughs> out Juice World. What was probably Kim Kardashian posted? Yeah, on story. <laughs> crazy. Yeah, I don't even just know. Like, like massive, yeah, it's just like, crazy. He had like one. Yeah. He had like one thing on Cole Bennett's channel. Um, massive outbreak. So sick. Just massive. And I looked at his like monthly Spotify listeners. I was like, this is crazy. Yeah, yeah. And it's just like, crazy how fast people blow up now. You know yeah. what I mean? Mm-hmm. Very, very wild. Yeah, as soon as we saw that music video, we were like, yep. That's a wrap. This is it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's a wrap. It's pretty funny. But um, shout out Juice World. Yeah. Yeah, sick. <laughs> Are there any other people, maybe surprising people, who like shouted you out or came to you like, yo, I, I fuck with this? <laughs> yeah. Hey, shout out Charlie Puth. Oh, oh did he really? Yeah. Right. Yo, I woke up. I woke up one morning. It probably wasn't morning. It was probably like 1 p.m. I was up like making music or whatever. And like I saw a screenshot and it was like someone sent it to me and it was like I was just waking up and it was like a screenshot of um, Rejector off of Ruiner. And uh, and I looked up top and it was Charlie Puth just tweeted a uh, screenshot of Rejector. And I was like... <laughs> Dude, you just like don't yeah. know who's like yeah. you don't know yeah. who's listening to your music and, and and speaking of artists that are vulnerable that are also on the Billboard charts, I was about to bring up artists like Charlie Puth that are like, dude, just, uh, just that, had him on the cover. That yeah. yeah, that track that he has with Boys to Men. Yep. Every single day I drive to band practice, I listen to that like on loop. Like he, <laughs> that, he's such a genius, dude. Like in terms of like music theory and like melody and like man so that's another thing where it's like really flattering for someone like that to just like you know give props or whatever and then like more recently like travis barker um another person that i really looked up to um you know we've been working on some stuff together and that's just like (laughs) i don't even know it feels like you live in the matrix you know what's he like i don't i haven't talked to him i mean we've talked through email you know what i mean but uh it just like seems like a really super nice guy and uh just in the legendary band <laughs> like, yeah just a legendary dude who's like super into new stuff yeah which is sick and just like so cool that like you know he doesn't like tra- like a person like Travis person like Chris person like Pete Wentz like they don't have to they're good they don't have to like help younger artists or whatever like but they really care about music and they really care about like the type of music that is coming out and so you know with, with Travis too it was like um, I heard he was gonna like remix some stuff and like I don't even know <laughs> like there's really nothing to say other than like you know I'm just like super grateful so can you say anything about what you have coming up with Travis um I mean like he's tweeted it so I mean like he definitely remixed a song okay um and uh I got we got to hear it actually and it's like pretty wild crazy yeah okay. it's just i never would i've ever thought that travis would have like hopped on something that i make yeah um, and for me as a producer to hear like the greatest drummer alive rework my drums <laughs> is like what the hell am i listening to this is crazy i would call him that too he's my favorite yeah yeah it's seriously. just crazy he's in like marching like marching band stuff like just like snare drum and stuff like it's crazy and the stuff that he does with metronome like his instagram is just like how are you that good at your instrument? Yeah. And um, like when I was younger, I just have so many vivid memories of when I was super young, just going on YouTube 
and like those were like the music videos that were popping. It was just Travis Barker drum cover of like some ridiculous song like Soldier Boy and stuff. Yo, like, that and, was a classic. That, oh, the you remember that? Get me so hyped. <laughs> you remember that? No, I, what I remember was he did a remix of Crank That. Yeah, 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 yeah. 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 <laughs> and then I made my dad buy me a drum set. Yeah, crazy. I got a drum set too. Yeah, yeah. probably because of Travis. Because of that. <laughs> that was the first. Like I started playing drums and like, I had a mohawk when I was younger because of Travis. Like, <laughs> oh nice. Yeah, nice. Like I, there was like one summer when I was younger, I had a mohawk just because of him, and I used to draw myself like with like tattoos and stuff because I was like, Travis Barker has tattoos, so I need <laughs> tattoos. So it's really cool, and Super I feel like it's surreal. just like. I don't know. I feel like it's a cool testament of like, you know, like I wish I could go back and tell my younger self that like, you know, it's all going to be good. Just keep doing what you're doing. Cause you have so many moments of self doubt where like, just keep failing. Like I failed for like 10 years more, just like no one ever cared about what I was doing. And then like, just kept being myself. It was like really like surreal process, like journey. Yeah, it's from hearing you talk about these artists who have inspired you. It sounds like especially like artists, especially male artists who aren't afraid to show like emotional vulnerability, especially like someone who like is older than us, like Travis or Chris Carrab, who grew up in times when it was even more difficult for like men to show that, you know? Yeah. Yeah. It's like important to have those role models. You know what I mean? And like, I hope that I can be a role model for someone like listening to my stuff. You know, whether they're listening to, like, Reaper or Ruiner or whatever comes out next, like, that's all I really care about. So, it's just cool. Like, music is a special thing. I feel like it, like, it's inspired me to be the person that I am today, and, like, I want to just do that for some other kid, you know? Yeah, right on. Yeah. And what about Pete? You, you mentioned him. I'm sure you got to know him a little bit through signing to his label. Yeah. DCD2. Oh, no, yeah. Like, Pete, Pete will hit me up a lot, and, um just another another thing like i had posters of fallout boy in my room and uh you know he called me someone my manager said that he like liked my music or something and and uh he ended up calling me and he his family actually has a house in vermont too so uh we were talking on the phone and uh I didn't really know what to say because Pete Wentz doesn't it wasn't every day that Pete Wentz was calling my phone or whatever so just the nicest dude ever and uh we met in LA like a little bit after and um it just felt like it was just the perfect move was to start working with him because uh it's Pete Wentz <laughs> like <laughs> and like such a such a good dude and that's the thing like you never really know what these people are gonna be like but like every single person that I've met within that scene sure. that I grew up listening to is just like a total sweetheart and that's really cool so yo i just thought another awesome travis barker remix you guys ever hear the umbrella remix he did yes. yeah dude that one bangs Ooh. that dude. one bangs crazy yeah he just sort of like cranks up the drums and drops in some new metal guitars to it yeah Damn. so Ooh. sick we gotta we'll, we'll drop that in after the interview's over dude, listeners please, gotta hear that please do yo yeah he's got some really crazy ones dude it's just like I don't even know. Travis, we love you. <laughs> if you're listening, come on the podcast. Love <laughs> yeah. to have you. <laughs> Yo, so you guys touched on a lot about what you guys got coming up. Is there anything else you want to throw out there? 
Recycle. Reduce, reuse, recycle. But keep your food inside the tent. Keep your food inside <laughs> the tent. Try some kayaking. Maybe try uh, some meditation. Be kind to animals. Eat some healthy food. Go skate. Yeah, be yourself. There it is. <laughs> Yo, thanks so much, guys. This was fun. Yo, thanks. Cool, this yeah, thanks sick. for having us. And that is it. Yeah, hope you enjoyed the show. It was really fun doing that chat with uh, Joe and Joey a few days after seeing their show. It left me feeling good about things and really interested to check out a lot of these other artists from their world. So you can check out some of them too. Uh, Nothing Nowhere going on tour in North America starting early August, including Billboard Hot 100 Fest. Shout out. Going to be on tour with JV, who you also just heard from. Wicked Face, Springs Eternal, and Lil West. And he's got really good merch, too. I mean, all these artists actually come to think of it, but nothing nowhere especially. So come out to the shows, check out the music, check out the merch, and like you heard in the podcast, sounds like new music is coming from these guys, too. So old episodes I think you'd like. If you were into this new, if this is the first time you're listening, you heard us mention that we'd had a previous show with Chris Carab of Dashboard Confessional. He chats about nothing nowhere a little bit in that one. Go listen to it now that you're done with this one. You can find it in our archives. Go to iTunes, the podcast app on your phone, wherever it is you find podcasts. Search for hashtag alternative facts. That's all one word. That's the name of the show. While you're there, listen to all the stuff in the archives. There's tons of old episodes. And also subscribe. This uh, Get this automatically every week without having to go search for it. And you can follow me on Twitter, too, to stay up with the show. I'm always dropping little hints on there about what's coming up next. My handle is at C-Pain on a plane. C-P-A-Y-N-E-O-N-A-P-L-A-N-E. Get at it and get it. what's coming next. I'm out. I'll catch you guys later. Peace. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.